0: hello and welcome back to geeking out over star wars this is episode three my name is zachary and i am joined by shamari shamari what's up man it's been a while
1: hey yes it has it has been a a little bit um uh yeah it's kind of the same old same old kind of just going through trying to get through the light of the jedi uh which i did end up getting through so i look forward to talking about that with you um uh so yeah, that's pretty. Much, that's pretty much all I've been doing, trying to get through these books, getting further and further in uh, to the High Republic. Uh, so I am looking forward to talking about that on the show.
0: Well, I, I'm glad we're able to talk about it. and Obviously, that's the that's the biggest reason we're convening um, to mm-hmm. do this episode. Um, so uh, I'm I'm very excited to get your take on it. I know that you liked it, but I don't know anything more than that and and your honest opinion. So I, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, for those listening for the first time, this is Geeking Out Over Star Wars, A, it's all in the title. We geek out over Star Wars, we talk about the movies, the books, the the comics, the TV shows, everything going on in the world of Star Wars. We usually start out with some news. Um, today's episode is going to be a big breakdown of Light of the Jedi, so this will be spoiler heavy. And It's been a month since the book was released, um, and I feel like that's enough time, but I'll still put it out there if you have not gotten into... Lie to the jedi yet this is a spoiler heavy episode so i would come back to this afterward um but we aren't going to go straight into that at the beginning um because there is some pretty big news and i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it Shamari. um and that is the firing of gina carano from lucasfilm uh in general not like not just mandalorian she will not be involved with anything star wars related or lucasfilm related um you were uh, so you you like me were probably keeping track of this as it was happening. Um, what do you think?
1: Um, uh, so I've been keeping track of the situation uh, for a while, um, and I've been keeping track of, of Gina Carano. I haven't discussed her her issue too much uh, on my show, and and that was all on purpose because I try not to get too much into. People's personal beliefs and political opinions and whatnot, when discussing uh, Star Wars, um, I think it just got out of hand with her, and you know, honestly, I, I have no issue with it. I think it's something that, um, I, honestly, and I, I, I think when when your comments get so, when they're so, when it's so easy to see that this comment is very. It it can easily be seen as very, you know, very like it, very ethnically and very <laughs> racially insensitive. Oh yeah, like it's like tone yeah.
0: deaf and insensitive, completely.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, you should not be saying this, you know, no. like no. you just or at the very least, don't put don't publicly state it online. At the very least, exactly. And she, and she couldn't even do that. So. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm sure Disney had given her warnings. Some people were like, oh, I just fired her out of nowhere. Which Disney has fired people out of nowhere before. Um, that is true. First person that comes to mind is James Gunn. Mm-hmm. I remember when that situation happened, and, and, uh, you know, I didn't really, I kind of had a similar take then where I didn't take much of an issue. Um, though I don't think that, I, it's, it's a weird comparison because they're different situations, but, um, but even now, I was, I was kind of like, you know, I mean, their company and someone's saying stuff that is damaging their brand and, and, you know, they took issue with it. So it is what it is. Um, but, you know, with Gina Carano and, and with the, the, the complete seemingly complete lack of remorse and no apology and no statement, no nothing. Um, if anything, she's gotten more and more brazen over time. I feel like what happened. So I don't feel bad about it at all personally.
0: I'm with you in that boat. I I think it's completely warranted getting rid of her. Um, Just for everyone that that doesn't know exactly what happened, Gina Gina Carano, actress of Cara Dune on The Mandalorian, was fired this past week, a couple days ago, um, after she had posted on Instagram a story in which she related the struggles of, of having a differing political opinion in today's climate to being a Jew in the Holocaust, to being Jewish in the Holocaust. Um... So it, in specifically what she said was, and I'm not I'm paraphrasing a little bit, so, but mm. she said that oh you know it wasn't just all of a sudden Nazis started you know killing Jewish people. No, they they got the people to um, it was the individual peoples. It was the it was neighbors turning against their own neighbors, um, creating this this you know this disgusting um, just kind of hatred for Jewish people that kind of led to. To, this, to the holocaust and then she then related that struggle to being turned on uh, as somebody who is has a different political view in today's day and age and that obviously was an implication and because there have been other instances in social media with her in, in the past few months it's implied that oh because she is republican and she doesn't have the same view as a lot of outspoken celebrities that that is what she was implying that she's being unfairly blamed and and that she's trying to create this. Um, people are creating this hate against her for having a different view. Um, and I have, I have to to compare. I don't care what side you fall on. I don't care what political belief. And I'm, I'm like you. I'd rather keep politics outside um, of the show, unless when I think it's really, really important to talk about. Right. Um, but you can't. You really just can't. In in no way. In in most situations, you cannot compare anything that most people are going through to the Holocaust in most situations. There may be a couple, right? Um, exactly. but, but for the most situations and anything, like just having a different political opinion, 100% without a doubt, you cannot say, and you cannot make the comparison. Um, she, apparently this is, this is something that Lucasfilm, it's some reports since Wednesday have come out since the firing that Lucasfilm has been looking for a reason for the past couple months. Um, she has yep. been under fire she that that hashtag fire gina carano has been trending for a bit after she had come out about being anti-masks Has she had come out about how there was election um, voter fraud uh, during the election um, so it seems that kind of like everything had boiled over and disney finally got to a point where they said no enough is enough you can't you can't say this stuff it's not okay now I mean, this was the kind of final tipping point and I will say for for those who are, um, calling this cancel culture and all of that, I I just I I hesitate to call it that because in any realm in any business, a company has the right to fire you if what you say doesn't align with them or, or paints them in a bad light. And I think that is that is right. that's what this is, right? And this is it's like multiple chances. She's continued saying stuff, and they've stayed quiet. Multiple chances, and now she was fired because she went a step too far and that's that's logical it's a logical step
1: exactly and um, so yeah I I completely disagree with anyone saying that this is cancel culture When, when when people usually when people talk about cancel culture is about people people losing their livelihoods over over almost nothing things that are extremely insignificant where no one's given a chance to apologize or show any kind of remorse or regret or try to change their actions Gina Carano, I would I would think that I believe this has been this has been loosely reported. I'm not sure if it's factual, but she'd be given chances to to walk her her, to calm her social media presence down to to kind of say, hey, okay, let me just be less a little less, you know, antagonistic online towards, you know, maybe just be, you know, I'm not saying you can't have your political beliefs, obviously. But when your beliefs are, are just they're, they're, when they're so inflammatory and so, you know, honestly, just offensive uh, to to like ethnic to, to ethnic minorities and just uh, to, and to, to people who have, have gone through horrible tragedies. It's like, no, don't don't say that stuff online. And you shouldn't be saying it at all. But don't publicize it all over the Internet. So. So, no, this is not cancel culture. I feel like this is what happened with most people um and she's not some some person just random some person at some random career that you know that's not in the public eye she's a public figure so this comes with the territory so i i really don't feel bad um uh for her honestly um and uh yeah i heard she's she's making a movie with um uh with ben with uh what's his name ben shapiro
0: oh, my brother uh,
1: him, all right. which you know it is what it is i'm <laughs> i i so had not
0: heard that but okay yeah no that makes sense
1: yeah so apparently, apparently that's a thing so um so yeah i don't know I, I,
0: and you brought up that remorse earlier right that lack of remorse i should say yeah. and i think that's also a big reason why when people compare this to james gunn and, and them showing oh they, they they hired people back obviously this feels like they're going against their own kind of values i think this is a very different situation i think the James Gunn comments, as disgusting as some of them were, they were in the past, and there right. was a clear, yeah. there was a clear, rem- there was remorse. There was, yeah. um, he was apologetic. He did not fight anything. He didn't fight anybody. Yeah. He didn't inflamate. He didn't inflamate the situation. He took it. He said, "Okay, I made mistakes." He apologized, and then it was, after that, with some with some time and looking back, that they brought him back in the fold, realizing that he right. had changed and evolved. The difference is that gina carano hasn't shown any of that she hasn't shown any remorse for what she said she does it doesn't look like she's going to anytime soon um and yeah i, I it's just a completely different situation i think i think it, at first glance you're like oh wow two canceled people and they they brought james on back so this is them just being really quick and and hot button but i don't think it's that i think yeah. this and is the right move
1: yeah and and just to it just because i was curious um I was just looking up some of the, the backgrounds of people, some people that have been working with her recently. Apparently John Favreau's mom is of Jewish descent and J.J. Uh, Abrams is Jewish. Um, so this is, their, her comments could have easily been seen as very offensive.
0: Extremely. She, and that's so insensitive. It, yeah. How you, The people you work with.
1: Exactly. I guarantee you there's probably plenty of people that she works with now on set that are Jewish that were probably very offended by what she said.
0: They... It's just... I just... You have... It just feels like a complete lack of forethought. And you... Everyone is entitled to what they believe. Everyone can have a different opinion. But to then say those things and then to... To be offensive. To say something offensive that might hurt someone else. That's when it draws the line. If you keep it to yourself and it's inside, that's fine. That's whatever. That's... We all believe different things. We all have our own opinions. But then to voice that opinion, yes, we have the freedom of speech, but you do work for a company, and your, yep. your actions and your words have consequences, and you can hurt other people. That's what yep. this comes down to. I also, and I don't think she's the greatest actor, and I don't think her loss on the show is anything too monumental.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what Lucasfilm does going forward, Fair. but I agree she was a she was a side character in the show, so it i wouldn't take any issue if they mm-hmm. they wrote her off, which would be very easy to do mm-hmm. um you know or if or even if they recast but i mean i wouldn't you know
0: it's star wars the, 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 man things go yeah. you know pew pew in space they can they can, <laughs> like if she can blow up off screen it happens
1: exactly exactly
0: oh yeah man. Well, um, so we're definitely on the same page, um, 100%. Um, yeah, so that, that was the big news. Uh, that's definitely been what's been circulating in the last few days. Um, all right, so that was our news segment, so to speak. Um, we will now be going into Light of the Jedi spoilers. So if you were listening and you have not gotten off yet and you don't want to be spoiled, now's your chance to go. Um, Shamari finally finished. I'm not saying it took a while, but, you know, <laughs> was, uh, mm. but he did finish, and I'm super excited because we have not had the chance to talk about this. You finished this a uh, couple days ago, right, Shamar?
1: Yes, I did. Yep, so it's fresh in my mind.
0: Oh, man, that's that's exciting. I wish it was as fresh in my mind as it is in yours, so maybe you should be the one leading this discussion. Um, so I thought yeah. we could we could kind of <laughs> go into, um, we'll set it up, and, you know, the, the book very nicely breaks down to three parts. Um, which kind of makes it easy to go through the events and kind of block it off like that, um, but sure. so yeah, yeah, s- I think
1: I think that um, I think that makes sense, um, especially considering I had I had different feelings on the different parts of the, of the book itself, uh, so so maybe that would be best. So it starts off with the great disaster, um, which is um, uh, when a a ship. Going through hyperspace, uh, encounters. Uh, of course, you know. Of course, Zach. I know you gave a spoiler warning earlier, so I'm going deep into spoilers for every, anyone listening. Do it. Uh, so, <laughs> so a ship flying through hyperspace encounters one of the Nihil ships, and um, and it ends up ripping apart and basically turning into. When it's how it's described, it's almost it almost seems like a meteor shower, like a light speed or almost light speed meteor shower, almost where it's it's just kind of it goes into the Hetzal system and just starts causing chaos and mayhem and destroying ships and and almost destroying you know the planet. It was a a very Hetzal Prime and it was a very, very horrible situation. You see the you see the situation from the perspective of the Jedi, from the perspective of, of just some people working. On the ships in the in the sector and and people, and you see it, um, uh, uh, and uh, and you see a little bit of the uh, of the Nihil as well. Um, now the the first part of the of the book does a lot of introducing. <laughs> oh yeah. So you get you get introduced to a lot of the Jedi, um, uh, the and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm trying to pull up a graphic of all the names <laughs> because it's
0: I was I graphic. was about to quiz you.
1: Yeah, no I, really I, I failed that quiz instantly. It's a lot of uh uh people, so there's Avar Chris who um is uh one of my favorite characters, uh for sure. Same here. Uh, the book. Uh, so she's a wonderful character. I already like her way more than than most of the sequel trilogy characters. And I hate to make a lot of ca- a lot of comparisons to the sequel trilogy, but I'm just going to No,
0: no, twist that knife, man. I like it. Keep going. <laughs>
1: because it just it is what it is okay this, this, is, I, this is what I wanted I wanted more jedi more <laughs> more just Jedi who know they're Jedi and they're trained to be Jedi and it makes sense that they're Jedi that's what I wanted so this is what I <laughs> I don't know if
0: the word jedi has been used more in one sentence but I'm, I'm totally here for it I completely support that
1: <laughs> Yeah so so you get introduced to Avar Chris who has the ability to to connect she's almost like a radio transmitter like a force transmitter. Um, so she can connect to the other Jedi and connect them all together, and so that they all know, can like speak to one another and and sense one another. It's a very interesting ability, and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful gift. So she uses that throughout this disaster, to um, to help the Jedi coordinate and and save Hetzal Prime and and and, and save the whole the whole uh, system, really, um, and. uh and we get introduced to a a lot of other jedi so there's Elzar Mann who I also love I love their dynamic I love I like I really like all most I love
0: of the them. implication and we'll get to that towards the end
1: but yeah, I yeah we'll get to that towards the end which I, I do love that as well it's very very uh, that's awesome um, so we get uh Buriyaga the wookiee Wookiee jedi. jedi He's a padawan I love it I love it I love it I love it um uh, I'm gonna be honest. It was in the beginning. It was a li- it was a little jumbled for me personally. It was a lot of characters all at once. You know, there are new ships. Uh, the new uh, starfighters called vectors, and um, uh, the descriptions of the vectors is it's really wonky. It's it's kind of hard to picture a little bit for me. But I, I eventually, I was like, okay, I think I, I I understand what these are supposed to look like, and and. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of characters introduced at once, but I um, I like the characters, but in the beginning, the, the disaster itself seemed, um, I think it it, it it pays off later, but in the beginning for me, it was just, it was very confusing, I'm going to be honest. It was, a, it, was a, it was kind of confusing. I'm like, okay, so, so the ship broke apart, and, and it's flying towards the planet's. And it's gonna hit the star, and the and the Jedi are flying around, and they're in it, and it was kind of bouncing around, and it was a little disjointed for me, um, so I didn't love the beginning, and I also didn't realize we'll get into this uh, in the maybe in the second part, I guess, I didn't realize that this is something that was going to be a continuous, uh, you know, issue throughout the book, where there were other emergences that were popping up causing havoc in other places as well um uh with other other ship pieces uh but i'm not gonna lie in the beginning i was kind of like okay this is the great disaster you know so i guess it was a bad it was a terrible event uh you know they say that i think billions died but um you know i was expecting something like i don't know it's called they call it the great disaster or something like is it like order 66 level is it like (laughs) Alderon Jedi level, though I—I I would say you can argue it is. Um, I think by the end, I think you can certainly argue that it is. But I, I think but, with you know, the, it just didn't
0: give me that. You know? No, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, yeah, it just didn't give me that—that that sense of 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 oh my god, you know. Uh, it was bad, but at, by the end, I'm just like, I don't know, maybe it's how how it was written. I'm not sure, but it didn't in the beginning in the first part. By the end of the first part, I wasn't sold on the Great Disaster as a great disaster.
0: You know, I actually, I can actually, I can actually understand that because I think, um, I think what the first part does really well is in the moment of the writing, Charles Soul does a really good job of selling the desperation, um, not necessarily the scope. So I, sure. I, I definitely, we feel it's, we definitely only feel it's impacting the Head Soul system at this moment, right? Because we don't know about yeah. the other emergencies that the second part goes into. So yeah. I, kind of like i half agree with you yeah i don't think it didn't feel very like oh the great disaster you're thinking something that involves the entire galaxy you're thinking something that that is massive and impactful on us on a scale that we just don't know um and it's not until that we get to the second part that we that we realize that no this really is it was this big kickoff of like disaster but it has affected in other ways that we weren't aware of yet um, so I do think this is something that yeah. builds up and is paid off later. Um, also, yes, very. I don't want to say disjointed. I just think I think very um, disparate. Like all of the different parts and um, different places moving back and forth so quickly was a lot to follow. Um, and there were so many characters. And the thing is, we meet most of the characters too of the book yep. in this first part. So this this first part has this job of juggling all of these different characters and personalities, and I think for, in this, what, 120 pages, maybe, this first part, um, he really does have to, Charles Soul really does have to cram in so much information um, and so much introductory stuff that, yeah, it does get a little bit... Um, it's it a little bit overwhelming. Um, I gotta say, though, I was... I have been... I Maybe you could this, we're, get a little too excited, maybe, because I was beforehand, I had made sure when StarWars.com would do all the pieces, you know, get to know the knights of the High Republic, get to know the Padawans of the High Republic, get to Mm -hmm. know the ships of the High Republic. Every time something like that would come out, I would read up with obsession about everything going on. So I knew what the Jedi looked like. I knew the names already going in for some of them. I knew what the ships looked like. So I kind of had that visual image in my head already. Like when the Republic long beams are introduced and when the jedi vectors are introduced i already had the images and then i because you know we go full-on geek here i really had them i compiled it into a file on my computer folder on my computer and was like all right let me pull this up as i'm reading okay so that's what that looks like and that's that's what he's explaining (laughs) um so yeah that's full-on geek nerd mode um but i'm proud of it because i will continue to do that till the day i die um oh yeah but (laughs) i definitely feel you want overwhelming I think what really does work for me with this first part is it sells me on the, the desperation of the moment for the characters that, like, the first couple chapters have a couple characters that then die immediately, right? That aren't Jedi yeah, or anything, yeah. but they are, you know, they're already set up and I already feel for them a little bit because he does a good job of giving us their personalities and then boom, that's it. The, the disaster impacts them and they're wiped out. And I think it does a really good job between that kind of disaster and desperation and then the hopefulness of the Jedi, right? Like, like the inhabitants when the Jedi come in, um, the way that they're explained, the way the Republic sees them. So, you know, the Jedi, this whole great disaster, the legacy run, which is hauling a bunch of people traveling to the frontier, you know, encounter something in hyperspace, like you said, breaks apart and now it's coming out like a light speed meteor shower, which is a really good way to explain it, um and republic and jedi because they are synonymous right now this is a time of peace right this is the biggest thing to happen in the while but they are working in conjunction like never before they go they race to the system right? right they're getting ready for the starlight dedication which we'll talk about in a bit but they race to the system and they have to complete this mor- these miraculous feats we get um you know Bell Zedifar, a Padawan, and his master, yep. Loading Great Storm, who have to help these yep. these people who are trying to get off world, who are kind of, you know, blocked by this barrier to this yacht. Um, you know, Buryaga the Jedi, and... Man, see, now, now... See, these are the characters that weren't... They weren't giving graphics on StarWars.com, so the bunch of Jedi there that I forgot, um, and then they're trying to rescue some... Um, like, this cargo that's still floating in space, like, filled with people. Um, and they have to try to kind of, like, tether it so that it doesn't crash into anything. Um, right. there's this, there's yeah. so much going on. Um, so they, it sets up, I think it sets up the book, right? And it gets you into the right, the frame of mind for how many different perspectives we're going to get and we're going to go back and forth. Um, yeah. I, I like the first part though. I think it does a good job in setting all that up as, as overwhelming as it can be. And by the end of it, we think the great disaster is done. And I felt that same feeling you felt like, so this was it. Like, this was the great disaster. Yes, millions of people died, but then, like, that scope of it doesn't necessarily transmit. So, you're like, um, there's got to be more, right? right. Got to be more. And at the very end of it, we get that first sneak peek at the Nile and how vicious and how ruthless they are. Yeah. Um, and so, that's where we go into part two.
1: Yes. So, that's where we go into part two, um, which I believe is the storm. Is that one called the storm?
0: Uh, yeah yes that or the yes. path and I'm, I'm break, like oh man or is no, the path? I think it's the path
1: okay the path so the third part is the storm um so the yeah. second part is the paths um so we get deeper into the Nile which which I am, am, am excited to talk about the Nile it's very interesting uh this is an, a very interesting organization I didn't know how I felt about them um for most of the book I didn't know how I felt about the Nile I'm gonna be honest. I did not know. I was like, this is very interesting, because for for mo- most of of Star Wars, that the most of Star Wars that I've consumed, and I'm sure you've consumed as well. Obviously, um, their their enemy is a Sith, right? The dark side, which I'm sure will eventually be their enemy again, probably at some point in the High Republic. Um, so I was like, okay, so we're getting enemies that are not that are not, I would assume we don't know for sure that are not force sensitive. So I was excited. So I'm like, okay, see, you know, what is this threat? So, uh, so at first they were kind of known as marauders, right? In the outer rim. Um, and I'm like, okay, interested to see, you know, uh, what, what exactly is the threat level? How are they going to be, be threatening Jedi? You know, like, how is this going to be happening? And, um, at first, I was like, okay, right, so far, at least in the second part, it seemed like they were they were kind of just marauders, pirates flying by the sea of their pants. Not really sure. Um, you have this this guy who's, who's the I, quote-unquote, Martian Roe, And you have his Tempest, or the Tempest of the Nihil, who are basically like the, the leaders or the, you know, uh, the top, the generals, captains, whatever you want to call it. Of the nihil, and then they have their storms and their other rankings. People below them, um, and uh, and I was liking the dynamic between Martian Row and the Tempest. and I liked all the characters of the Tempest too. I liked uh uh, uh I, I'm sorry, I don't have all their names. Paneta and um uh, uh I forget the other
0: Lorna one. D and
1: Yes, and Hussaf yes so Lorna D, Hussaf, and Pana. and um, I like their dynamic. I like their dynamic with Marchion Roe. I like that they're all out for themselves makes sense. you know they're all selfish. Um, now uh, it turns out we, when we find out in this second part um, so we find out a lot honestly in the second part. I think this is a, this may be this and the first part are the biggest the meatiest chunks of the book. Uh, so we find out that these, that the Nihil and Martian Row specifically, uh, has access to um, one of the uh, Santecas, which is quite, uh, which is which was quite a reveal to me. I was like, oh wow, okay. Uh, so apparently they are uh, people who, um, they're basically like navigators, um, and uh, one of their ancestors who, uh, who Martian Rowe is just keeping alive. Using all this, you know, medical, uh, these medical uh, droids and and drugs and stuff, just keeping her alive, because she can, she has this ability where she can she can create like almost like different hyperspace routes or like new hyperspace routes, which is I love honestly I love that, I think that's really interesting, I'm very curious to know more about that. Because we get just a taste, just a hint of that here. I don't know if we're going to get more in regards to why that's a thing or, or, or what the deal is with that. I feel like we will, but...
0: Yeah, um, they have to.
1: Yeah, I feel like they have to. But I love that. So I think that's really interesting. Uh, so I'm hoping we get more with that, more with the Santecas, the other Santecas, who are aware of this and are hiding it from the Jedi. So they're hiding it from from Elzar Mayan and, and uh, Avar Chris, who... Are trying to figure out what's going on, um, and uh, um, uh, so I like that dynamic. Uh, I'll also admit, in a, during this second part, I, I'd say in the first half of this, of this, of this part, I didn't know how I felt about the Nile. The more I I figured out how their organization worked, the more I liked it. They're all out for themselves. They're all ambitious, but you also see throughout this part that they're all very dangerous. And and when I say dangerous, I mean dangerous to just dangerous to like not just the outer rim, uh, because you know being willing to cause this much chaos and just go along with it is just re- that's that's really scary, you know. So you started to really see the teeth in them of why they're such a serious threat with this great disaster, and then the emergences and and how they're using these emergences as um, they're using them as like, you know, as uh, as uh, like bargaining chips to get money and stuff like that. It was just it was just, you know, so these are these are really awful, awful people. So. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really, you know, learning more about them in that way. That was really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah. And Marcion Rowe is just he's is super creepy um, just in how he keeps um, uh, the elder Santeca alive and, and how he, uh, and just how he, he clearly wants more power and you you can see it throughout this part that he wants more power. Um, he, he's just kind of going along with this for now and he's trying to find a way to get it. And it is, it's really menacing and it's also really dangerous because you know, while I'm, while I'm going through the book, I'm like, well boy, this kind of, you know, being willing to do something this, this, you know, cruel to this old woman, it, you know, is very dangerous, and to use her abilities in this way is very dangerous. And, you know, having this gang, I'm just like, ooh, this thing, this seems like this could turn into a, a massive, massive problem. Um, and there just seemed to be something else under the surface, which I'm sure will, which we're going to get to in the third part uh where it seems like okay yeah this is so, there's, there's something much more sinister uh going on with this guy um but 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 there's a lot more but before i go into any of that what, what were your thoughts on the on nile
0: so the uh, nile so this entire yeah i'm we are very much on the same page with a lot of this book um the first half of the second part again i like i love the book a lot so i like mm-hmm. the second part and i never really found myself pulled out of it at all right. i was engaged the whole time um, but the Nile, I wasn't so sh- so sure of. The first chapter we got them with at mm-hmm. the end of the first part really just yeah. set them up as incredibly vicious, yeah. but just incredibly vicious space Vikings and marauders. Right? right? Like I wasn't. There didn't. There. Of course, we have to build to it. So so this is just right. me being impatient. But there didn't feel like any kind of urgency, anything different about them right. that I was. I didn't know if they were going to play. I knew obviously they're going to be the big main adversary going forward through this whole initiative, um, but w- yeah, we're used to the dark side, right? And what are these this band of marauders? How could they truly be um, a threat to the Jedi and the Republic? How how is how are you going to build this up as this these outer rim marauders? Like what threat could they really pose to the whole Republic and the whole galaxy? Um, and this second part does a really good job of painting. How exactly they are so dangerous. Um, right. I do like all the personalities of the Nile. All right, so during this time, during this part, we learn about the Nile, like you said. We're learning about the paths, which are created by Mari Santeca, who mm-hmm. is over 100 years old, who is being kept alive by Martian um, and who has the ability to see hyperspace, right, in a way that nobody yep. else can. And she can create right. these paths that don't follow the usual necessary paths. Um, carefully charted lanes. Who which have been carefully charted by, you know, her family, um, which right. are the Santecas. Um the Santecas were great to see because when yeah. they were announced that they were gonna be in it, I said, Oh, is this just a matter of you no know, like a wink wink, nudge nudge, you know. So the Santecas who were introduced in the sequel trilogy with, with um Laura Santeca, you no, know, they have a real history. And I'm like, alright, so they're just doing like an <laughs> Easter egg type thing. Kinda right. the same thing they do with um with one of the characters in Justin Ireland's A Test of Courage, um, but this is, like, no, they have an impact on this story, I mean, they're gonna have an impact going forward, from Mari Santeca to the other Santecas who are keeping this quiet, as well, who obviously know something that they're not telling the Republic, um, this whole second part is also between vacillating between the Nile and setting up how dangerous they are and how each one really is willing to step and kill each other, um, But they stay in line because, you know, they want to get the halls, and Martian Rowe isn't in charge, but he wants to be in charge, and we we see him laying his plans. Um, But he does kind of guide everyone, um, so they don't kill each other yet, but they are very much playing for power. Um, So we see that, and I really, really came to like them. Like, they're evil and bad, but I came to like their personalities, and each one was distinct, um, and the different things they would do, and the different way they would go about their... their, their different missions and, and their different ways of acquiring bounties and hauls um, and destroying other ships. So we got to see that, and I liked them. I liked them a lot. And then the other half of the part was um, seeing how the Republic is now responding and the Jedi are responding to the rest of this great disaster, which is, which are the emergencies. So we thought it was just a legacy run coming out over the Hetzel system, which main seemed to be the main place, but across the galaxy, um, different different pieces had been lost through hyperspace and now we're emerging randomly in systems and upheaval and people dying and so now they need to find a way to kind of predict the paths predict where it's going to go um and what's going to happen so i i like that that was also a little bit of sense of urgency while also delving into the other jedi um and getting to know them so i think this Mm -hmm. this it started out not i want to say weak but it started out i wasn't sold and then by the end i was definitely sold on the direction they were going
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. By the end of this, the second part, I was, I was a hundred percent sold on the Nihil. Hill. I was eager uh, to learn more about Marcion Rowe. He had teased and continues to tease in the third part, especially so this relationship with his father and his father's relationship with the Nihil. Hill and the and, Jedi and the Jedi. And I'm just like, okay, this is very interesting. I want to know a lot more about this. <laughs> you know, so it, it is very very it's really it's a really well-laid kind of introduction to Martian Row and to the Jedi or to to the Nihil, I mean. And it is um yeah, it was just it was just really well done. Um, another character that I want to get your opinion on is um we get introduced to um boy i just had her name in my head why am i losing the chancellor Um, oh lena so lena so um so i like lena so Um, doesn't
0: she seem too good man too good like uh, just overwhelmingly out to do good and right like there's no flaw here and i that just that just you know that sends up a red flag for for me
1: yeah, it could be. I mean, of course we have a history of bad chancellors in, 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 in Star Wars. <laughs> That's
0: an understatement.
1: So, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I was, I was kind of getting a similar sense. I mean, honestly, and because of that, I'm not going to lie, I'm waiting for her to go bad. Or for something, for something to be revealed about her. Um, to where she's either corrupt, or she gets corrupted, or something. I feel like there's some shoe to drop with her eventually um because i I, because you're right i mean she's so like we're all the republic and everything is so great and everything is so wonderful and you know it makes you wonder if at some point it are is this nihil crisis or some other crisis going to force her to go off the deep end uh is she hiding something is she connected to somebody i feel like there may be something else going on with her possibly um but so far i do very much like this character um and I'm very, I I like the vibe. It's very regal, but also very like human, you know? I'm like, I feel like this is, and I feel like it it matches the era a lot. This Mm -hmm. high era and the whole, the whole, um, the whole kind of aesthetic. I feel like it just, it fits really, really well. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm very much liking her character. Um, and the two cat creatures she has that go along with her, I feel like it's really cool. I, I'm like,
0: it. It's a really good touch. Um, they, for anybody who you know, there's, and I'll I'll say this at the end also. Star Star Wars um, com and, and Star Wars in general, they put out, they've been putting out these like couple minute um, long videos on different key characters in the High Republic so far. I mean, they have mm-hmm. one on Lena so so you can get you can get an, an update and catch up on who these characters are um, by going there by going to the Star Wars YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, you're right. She's very regal. Um, it seems like something's going to go wrong. Everything is a little too good right now, right? But I also like, they kind of have to set that up because they are painting this as such a great era of prosperity for, um, of prosperity for, for the galaxy at large and her great works and everything she's trying to do and Starlight Beacon, which is, you know, her, her next great work in quotes, and now she, that she's trying to put into the outer rim to kind of you know, to help trade, to, to organize trade through there, um, to increase the, Repu- the, the presence of both the Republic and the Jedi to be able to help in different situations. Obviously, she wants to fold the Outer Rim Planets into the Republic and grow the Republic's power. Um, but it seems right now as if it's coming from a really good place. Um, and that lends itself to the whole hopefulness of the whole era that we're getting. So I, I like her. I do like those two big cats, which are super imposing to anyone around her. Um, So it's, it's, she's cool. I think she's cool, but she, yes, she is human. And you can see like the struggle she's having with, with this desire for good and then all the bad that's happening right now, but keeping her composure um, through it all. So she's, I think she is with all the chancellors we've gotten so far, she's probably the best. Um, And, and I'm, I'm definitely excited to see where they do uh, with her. But again, I think something's going to happen story-wise where things will not end up so great for her whether she turns on anyone else or something goes bad for her.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there, there, there definitely seems to be something... Uh, it, it, it definitely seems like they're, they're creating her character for now, but she's going to be involved in more going forward. I feel like this is... Um, I mean, of course, with Star Wars, there's always some kind of political drama with regards to the Republic and, um, you know... So I feel like I feel like that we're gonna get more with her, and there's gonna be something's gonna go down with her eventually, um, and with these massive crises, she's her being the chancellor, she's gonna be in the center of it, eventually. So that I'm I'm curious to see how all that goes. Um, uh, now I also want to bring up uh, Iriadu, which we got Iriadu um, in. Uh, this, um, uh, I believe they were they were introducing this, and in, later in this part, but I believe that was that was in this part, um, where uh, one of the the tempests, I believe is is it uh, Hasuk or or one of them, um, goes to Iriadu, and basically, um, he tries to get money. He basically tr- he tries to get money from yeah. Them.
0: Kasav had tried to yeah, um, extort. Yeah, them from they i can save you from an emergence if you pay me this ridiculous exorbitant amount of money
1: right so he tries to extort them and um you know of course them being them they say no and uh and man do they
0: do they show up later that was awesome but keep going
1: oh yeah yeah so so they say no um he shows that he's serious and just that he predicts an emergence and emergence appears so they know he means it and it, I believe it destroys either one of their ships or a couple of their ships, and they kill kills a bunch of people. Uh, so they're forced to pay the ransom. They pay the ransom, and he can't destroy one of the other emergencies. Someone on his team messes up because they were high off of this stuff that they are on.
0: Lots of spice uh, in this High Republic era, yeah, man. Lot of spice, lots of spice.
1: A lot of spice, which makes sense. So I like that as well because they're all crazy marauders. And... Um, and it ends up uh, destroying like a, a whole lot. There's like a big chunk of of Iriata. Like it ends up, 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 up like killing a whole lot of people, and they end up in the and the, the pirates. Just today end up leaving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, you know, and uh, uh you know, of course we know Iriadu, which uh, of course is uh, Tarkin's homeworld. Yeah. And and that was that was kind of a deep dive for me because I was like, oh boy, I remember in the Tarkin book how they are, and they are absolutely hunters. They live that they live like a savage lifestyle, and they and that shows up a hundred percent in this book in the third part. Yeah, they're vengeful. Uh, but, yeah, very vengeful, very vengeful. So it, so I love that kind of it. It felt a little bit like an Easter egg, but I thought it was really cool, I thought it was a really it was really well placed uh, to have that world show up in this book.
0: Well, this this event right here also perfectly leads into the third, um, into the third yes. part of the book, which re- this happens in the second part. But this is all very much um Roses play for power. So when he yes. sees that Kasav makes this uh, this decision, which he knew he was going to do. Um, he then puts it in a position where, okay, we want to, the Republic is now aware that the Nile exists and that we are a threat. But how do we show them that we get them out of, um, how, how we can get them out of our crosshairs and be able to continue doing what we're doing and everything else we want to do that they don't know about, but make them think that we are, that they've eliminated us, that we aren't a threat anymore? So by then putting Kassav in this horrible position, it leads to them being able to put Kassav against the Republic in the third part. And the third part is the major part where we, we learn a lot about, like we had talked about Martian Rowe's plans um, and, and everything happening. The third part's where it goes down. The Republic faces off what they think is their ultimate enemy in Kassav's fleet of ships for the Nile. Um, and they ultimately defeat Kassav. And they're like, okay, yeah, we we did it. We're we're done. The Nile are good. They're they're not a threat. Mm-hmm. But little do they know that this was entirely Martion Roe's plan. Um, and now he really has grander designs to go off not not just control the outer rim. No, they plan on taking the whole galaxy. Um and, and Martion Roe, like you mentioned, the history of his father that's very murky, the history of his father's history with the Jedi. That we don't know much about and he's he's got a vendetta it seems and that makes him dangerous um and so that that they are definitely ready and set up as big bad adversaries for this for this era
1: yeah huge i mean that lorna d ended up ended up capturing um loading great storm Mm-hmm. So, so they got so they just got just so
0: that people know um loading great storm and bell zedifar were on um, Elfram. am I correct? Am I saying that? I believe I have that correct. Oh, Elfrona. Elfrona.
1: Elfrona. Elfrona. Thank you. Uh, yes,
0: Elfrona. Um, where they were—that's um, where one of the, an outpost is—and they were. Um, Lorna D had sent one of her one of her groups to to get, or one of her groups thought the best decision would be able to get this high, you know, this this family um, that's very yeah. wealthy, and by taking them ransom, they'd be able to extort some money as well. Um, and Bell Zedifar and Loden Storm, which are two of the big Jedi for this era, they go to save them, but in the process, um, they do capture Loden Storm.
1: Yeah, yeah, they ended up capturing Loden Greatstorm. Um and uh, yeah, it's very sad, it's very touching, because he had just said told Bell that he was going to recommend him to be a Jedi Knight and Bell just did, he just, he ended up saving this girl who was thrown out of an, the airlock one of the ships, and he used a t- Jedi technique that he had been trying for a long time, and and uh, it was a very touching moment with him being able to do that, and save the girl, and do all that, and then a load in Great Storm, and and I'll, honestly, they had killed off several other Jedi in the book, so it really set up this feeling of is he gonna die too? <laughs> I thought it was like yeah. okay, maybe. maybe which is kill him. which is
0: kind of the the cool thing about this. I mean, we say this all the time when things aren't tethered to other canon and they're not set so close right. that they can do what they want and nobody's safe. Yeah. But it's true; nobody is truly safe except for Yoda.
1: Exactly. Yes, nobody is safe. It's very tense. It's really it's really well done. So that's absolutely right. So. Because we don't know who's gonna die. They they killed off a bunch of Jedi in this book um, that they had characterized, and then they killed off mm-hmm. in this book. So it's like who knows? Um, you know, no one's no one's really safe in in this era. So there's a lot of stakes. Um, so they ended up capturing Loden Greatstorm, and he is locked up. Uh, you know, with the Nile, and and you know he was. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Martian Rowe uh, was. Uh, uh, basically interrogating him. And, um, you know, they're using other prisoners in, in the area, torturing them just to just to get to him, just to make him feel their pain and, and torture and anguish. And when Loden Greystorm tries to Jedi mind trick him, he resisted it. Mm-hmm. And he says that his family knows how to resist that, which is very interesting. It's like, how? Who... So is there is there some kind of force sensitivity in his family, or do the is there just some a mental technique where they can just resist it?
0: I, you know, I that's it's it's a really good question, and I think that's what that's what makes the mystery of Marciann Road that much that much cooler. Um, and we know that with you know mind trick, which they weren't even completely calling at this point, only some of them were, um, which is also kind of cool little tidbit that. He, we know that the mind trick doesn't always work on speed. It's supposed to be minds, you know, lesser minds, minds lesser. that aren't as strong. Right. Um, but no, this is no, this is like a a willful block. Like you, you couldn't even try. Like one, we're definitely not weak enough. Yeah. But two, we know what you're trying to do, and you can't do it to us. Like right. so, what about him and his Martian Rowe and his family? Um, is so special? What? Who are they?
1: Exactly. You know, it was like, who are they? Why is he? Um, you know, why is he so confident that he can that he can take on the Republic and the Jedi Order you know, like like what so it because it, he was able to capture a Jedi um, you know, it took a lot of his resources but he was able to get it done and, you know, he was able to cause massive chaos in, this, in the galaxy through all his machinations and cause massive death I mean, it's, it's really, you know, he's set up, he has a lot of leverage as someone who is clearly very unhinged, clearly willing to cause a lot of damage, cause a lot of chaos. Um, I mean, it reminds me of, um, uh, I mean, I don't know, have you seen, have you seen Game of Thrones? I don't know. if Of you've course seen I,
0: Wars. come on. Yes, <laughs> of course,
1: dude. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of, um, and, and not and not so much in in the in the torturous sense but a little bit of a ramsey bolton a little bit
0: yeah i can see that yes a little less sadistic but i i can oh, see that
1: yeah a little less sadistic but just just that just that willingness to just cause complete mayhem mm-hmm. just just to get power with a goal just, in
0: mind not just necessarily right. there is a aspect of mayhem for mayhem's sake but there is a goal
1: exactly and it's it's and it, it's it's it seems absurd but it's a legitimate threat mm-hmm. and it's something that needs to be taken care of and you know the more they just let it fester the worse it gets and i feel like this is the exactly that kind of situation and uh and i'm just i'm really excited to see um to see how that plays out um uh uh, so yeah i don't know i don't know how you, how did you feel about that that whole interaction
0: no i think i think it's great i i think he has been set up charles soul does a really good job of setting him up as such a worthy villain I mean, he may not be a sith but he might he might actually be um a little a little a little more complex than a lot of the sith that we have been introduced to at least in main canon right. stories um and that is that's exciting so it, it's definitely worthy villain for the jedi for the republic um, and a worthy, a worthy threat in the, um, in the Nile, um, but you know him, right. him taking the Jedi, him taking the Jedi captive is one of the big lingering things at the end, right? So we have, um, so now that, so they he, we know that he set up this whole thing. He set up the Legacy Run Disaster. So he let he set up the Great Disaster. A lot of this was his plan. Yep. So at the end of this book, after this final battle between Kasav and the Republic, the Republic think, he, think that the Nylon is no longer a big issue. Um, Kassav is eliminated. So Martian Rowe has that much power. He has a Jedi. Um, but now that the Republic think they're safe, for the most part, they go ahead with their dedication to the Starlight Beacon. Um, so the whole Republic, the galaxy, the Jedi—they go there. They try to celebrate. So we know, loading great storm, the Jedi is being is captured by Marshianro, and he has that in his plans. Um, at the dedication, who originally one of the Jedi throughout throughout that's shown throughout the book, um, Jora Malley, she she yeah. is killed in the final in the final battle, and she was supposed to be the head of the Jedi for Starlight Beacon. Um, instead. Right. She is killed, and she's the master of Wreath Silas, who's mentioned in the book and who is also is explored in Into the Dark. So that's some, that, that's where this all being connected in one big, large tapestry is really cool because it kind of spin off into other stuff. Um, so Jorah Malley is killed, but so uh, Avar Chris takes over. She's been offered command um, by the Jedi Council of Starlight Beacon, of the Jedi outpost there. Um, so they have the dedication. Uh, Avar Chris is in charge. Um, and what we see at the end, and so this is where um, this is where an implication we haven't gotten too much in um, in Star Wars is we see that after the dedication ceremony, she meets up with Elzar Mann, and we find out the two of them, which we knew were very close friends, and we could kind of tell throughout the book that they were a little closer than friends. Or I thought about it that they are definitely definitely want to be a thing, maybe subconsciously, but they are definitely something.
1: Yeah. So there was uh, there was absolutely, I would say it wasn't even a hint. It was almost a con- basically a confirmation that yeah, it was there was something very in our
0: face. They are, they definitely have something.
1: Yeah. They yeah yeah. So so they certainly they certainly were involved together in the past, and there is definitely an underlying relationship kind of vibe um, uh, between the two of them. So which is that, nice
0: because we've gotten we've gotten specific Jedi that we know have love interest outside of the order like the obvious anakin skywalker and padme right um even even the hint at a former a former love for obi-wan in duchess Satine of mandalore um so we always see like the inside the order one person out but to see two high members of the order um to have feelings for each other that's 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 different
1: yes yes absolutely yeah so that's that's an that's an interesting dynamic uh, that they have going here where they were they were and, and, and still are, to some extent, interested in each other. And um, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing the payoff for that. The last two, um, I guess, four sensitives, I guess you could say, that were involved. The, the, the first that comes to mind is uh, when, when Assaj Ventress had a thing with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, from Dark Disciple.
0: Oh man, why well, you know I I was oh Quinlan Voss. I was doing Quint- this, I forgot last week someone asked me the same like same thing. I'm like, I, I can't remember his name. It keeps yeah like, Quinlan Voss.
1: But yeah, when 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 they they had their relationship in Dark Disciple seemed very genuine as well. Um and the, I thought the I thought the the developing of that was really well done. And um But even
0: I, them I, as I, characters are two very quirky in that they don't fit in with the usual hierarchy of whatever order they belong to so these are two people elzar man and avar chris who are like model jedi to every other jedi they they are role models they are you know the epitome of what jedi should be and yet
1: yeah and yet they have this relationship yeah so it is really interesting i feel like this 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 is going to turn into um you know, I feel like this just, just in typical Star Wars fashion, this is not going to end well. Uh, nope. Probably for either of them. And, and I'm interested to see, because I feel like some one of them is going to turn dark. Someone's going to turn dark for some reason. And I'm curious to see when this happens, how it happens, and why it happens. So there's a, there's so much. I think this gets to why I kind of enjoy this. Part of the reason I enjoyed this book so much. There's so much that is set up in this book for the rest of the galaxy going forward. And and there like there's so much drama, there's so much, you know, danger, and there's so much kind of anticipation for what's for what's gonna come next. Uh so so yeah, I I was really, really impressed, especially by the end of the book. I was very impressed. I like most of the characters avar chris and Elzar man are two of my favorites i love Bell um i love Loden great storm um i i mean i'm a fan of of most of these characters i don't think there's i don't think there is a single character that i didn't like honestly i really like all of them <laughs> uh, and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing more of them
0: oh, i'm i'm with you um I'm, I'm, I definitely, I want to, so before we end the show, I definitely want to get, like, your overall thoughts and where you might think you'd place it, um, among Star Wars canon, um, but before that, the last, the last, last thing we get in this book is the real setup for, um, what the true danger might be, um, in this multi-year publishing initiative, and that's, Elzar Mann has this vision, this force vision, at the end of the book, where he, he, after meeting with Avar Chris, he collapses to his knees with this vision of Jedi being mutilated, just dead everything up in flames everything um just going wrong going horrible um and that this is the future that is coming um and this this that could be what ends this nice high republic era um so how are you feeling about going in that direction and the kind of ominous tone that they're setting up
1: i'm excited for it i am i feel like this has something to i feel like that vision May have something to do with the other. um, And I don't really know how I feel about this overall. But I have a feeling this may have more to do with the other kind of villain. Just in me looking at some of the other High Republic lore things they've been releasing. I know there's supposed to be another kind of evil presence in the galaxy at this time. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a a sentient plant-based creature. But that has dark side some kind of dark side influence
0: before we go um i do want to thought thaw- over you you told me you liked it and you're excited for it would this yeah. crack your top 10 of star wars canon novels as where it stands right now
1: uh boy give me one second i'm gonna pull on my top 10 again oh. <laughs> because i mean just just right from the face of it my gut says no uh and that's just because we ha- we've got so many very high quality Star Wars books, and while this is a very good Star Wars book, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first part of it, personally, because uh, it was. It started out, uh, it was it was good as well. The characters were well characterized, but there were a lot of them, and they were thrown at me really fast, and it was a little hard for me to piece together uh, what was going on because there was a lot going on at once, and they were kind of flipping back and forth, and there's so many characters, and I didn't really know who they were. Some of them were dying before I even really knew why I should care about them. <laughs> um, though I knew they were Jedi and whatnot, but it was kind of like, you know, I didn't know who this was. So I didn't love that. Um, but. Mm, trying to think. Yeah. No, I don't think it would crack my top 10. I mean, it may, it may be an honorable mention possibly, but no, I don't think it would crack my top 10. I did. The first part, I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but I'd say it was okay, you know. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of it. The second and third part are great, and they by the end of it, I it was it was fantastic. But just because that first part, I wouldn't say it cracked my top.
0: Okay, F- fair enough. No, I'm I was just curious because I think I actually think it does crack my top ten. Um, at the at the higher at the higher numbers, that's, you know, I, I I think something I do agree on a lot of the points where it did feel a little bit like there was so much going on. But I think because I come. Prepared myself so well beforehand, getting to know the characters, which again nobody should have to do, right? Like we we've talked right. about this idea of of having to need to read something or do something before to enjoy something else. Um, and so you shouldn't have to do that, but I think it definitely helped my enjoyment of the book, and I was thoroughly engaged throughout the whole thing. Like each and every part had me engaged, even when um, I wasn't you know sold on the Nile yet, or even if I was lost by all the characters. Um, so I think like for the level of engagement and how vested I am, and that might be a little more personal um, for me than it is for a lot of other people. But on that level, I'd, I would probably crack the top 10. But I also think the same thing for Into the Dark, which we won't get into today. Um, but the new Claudia Gray one, because I think she absolutely yeah. hits it out of the park again. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm excited to jump into that one. I haven't done that yet, but oh, man, we, I, have, I have very high expectations.
0: Yeah, you will, understandably so, because she kind of just has continued to hit it out of the park. Right so you yeah. have to think there's yeah. there's gotta be a a down novel somewhere right like one that just doesn't live up to that, and i she completes she just understands yeah. star wars and character- the Star wars characters so well
1: yeah, um, every single one, even the i'm a I didn't know how I feel about the Leo novel, and that one was great, Princess of Alderaan.
0: she just and... has she has she also just has a handle on that character like she oh, just yeah. from right <laughs> and i think she she got the chance to go write her there as a teenager and then also to write her as in um A a grown adult in in Bloodline with all that responsibility. Um, So she's great. Um, But that has been uh, our breakdown of Light of the Jedi. A lot going on. There's a lot. I I really suggest that anyone who's listening that that gets a little lost and is a little confused about um, the characters and what's going on uh, you shouldn't have to, but I really do think it helps. If you check out the Star Wars channel on YouTube, they have a bunch of small little two-minute videos that they put up for a lot of the big characters and what they mean to the galaxy, and they're set up through Light of the Jedi, which is really helpful. Um, and also on StarWars.com, a lot of the pieces they run about the characters, about the, the ships and everything. What's so cool about this whole initiative is that, they, did, they weren't. It wasn't just the writers and they were coming up with a story. No, they were planning it like a movie with the writer's room, with production designers, like concept artists coming in and really drawing out all this stuff and giving it life so that it's not just a written form, but it's also a visual form. Um, and that's exciting. And, and and as we see with this first setup and then as we'll talk about with the novels later down the line, it, it's exciting the kind of synergy between them all and that this really feels like a... Like like the same universe, but a nice little connected separate portion of the universe Um, that is really exciting to follow for me. I haven't, I'm I'm always excited for Star Wars, but this has had me the most excited since, well, before Rise of Skywalker came out. And obviously I loved Mandalorian, but it was very standalone. It's by itself right now. Um, And I'm excited for the future, but this publishing initiative is also super exciting.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so exciting, um, all of this new content, and it's so good that that Light of the Jedi was as good as it is, or is as good as it is, because it's just a, such a great setup for everything else, and I'm a, I'm already so invested. Yeah, in and it characters. really
0: needed to be a good kickoff. Yeah. it needed to set the right tone. And it Absolutely. Did that. Yeah. Um. So I I'm, I'm hopefully within a week or two. Um, we can talk about... It'll be a shorter discussion because it is a shorter, more self-contained book, but we can talk about A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland mm-hmm. um, and how that fits into this this whole overall uh, publishing strategy. So that'll be exciting. Um, Shamari, dude, thank you for joining me. This this has been oh, yeah. Geeking Out Over Star Wars. Um, Shamari, I, I know I just said it. Where can people find you, though?
1: Uh, so people can find me, uh, you can find me personally uh, on Instagram and Snapchat at Sham 22 and you can, you can check out my, my podcast if you'd like, Imperial Broadcast. Um, uh, if you search the New Generation Podcast Network on anywhere you, you, uh, you listen to podcasts, uh, you can find us. Um, and uh, you can also check out uh, my YouTube channel I do with my brothers, New Generation Media, where we talk about all things. Uh, superheroes sports and star wars Uh, so definitely check me out
0: and i highly encourage everybody to do that because everything they put out is is fantastic um and and they're so great to listen to um yeah this has been geeking out over star wars if you like what you hear please like subscribe follow wherever you get podcasts wherever you're listening spotify apple podcasts amazon music um all of that we're there we appreciate you listening um and we will see you next time all right that went well that was good
1: yeah 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 that was great um yes yeah i don't know what happened with the connection now
0: i don't know that it could have been on my end too because i i i have one second let me just